Hello and welcome to the Get French Football News show. It will not be an all-French final in the Champions League this year as Lyon are eliminated in the semi by Bayern Munich, 3-0. Uh, it was an honourable performance for OL, who managed to shake Bayern for at least 15 minutes before a, a stunning Serge Gnabry goal uh, was a, a blow to their morale, it has to be said. What positives can we take away from this performance? Could it have gone any different? These are some of the things we'll be talking about on today's show. It's not going to be the happiest show in the last few weeks, uh, but we've been treated so much by our, our French football team since the return of, 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 the, of the game in France that we can't complain at all. Uh, I have with me today here, Jeremy Smith. Hey, Jeremy. Hi, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good. Yeah, not too bad, thanks, considering. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Philippe Bargel is here. Philippe, bonsoir. Bonsoir. And also with us, Eric Devin. Eric hey, Devin, I'm you? sorry. Devin, uh, yes. Yes. It's okay. I have, to, I have to keep that in mind. <laughs> um, so, Eric, why don't you start us off? Uh, you know, Lyon lost 3-0, but do you think this was a, a respectable enough performance from them? Um, I think on the whole, yes. I, I think that they didn't really get embarrassed. I think that the score probably doesn't doesn't really tell the results of the match. I think some... More clever finishing um, and passing from Toko Akambi really would have sealed the deal. Um, I think it certainly gives me pause going into next season if Dembele does leave, if Toko Akambi ends up leading the line. Um, but aside from that, no, I think I think it was generally a creditable performance. I think that um, Bayern were really good at using their space, uh, sorry, their pace to attack the spaces um, in behind the fullbacks, and that was that was really challenging. Um, you know, Bayern themselves could have played better. Um, so I think that. You know, there's nothing to be disappointed about from this match in particular, um, and and as and you know, and Neuer made some fine saves too. Uh, I, there were two in particular, of course. So I feel like, you know, what you know, what more could Leon really have done? It's it's a little frustrating, sure, but I would say that you know, on the whole, this campaign in Europe has been one of overachievement rather than underachievement, which is, I think, a refreshing change for a lot of Leon fans. So I leave it at that and be happy with that yeah absolutely um but what do you guys think of of those first 15 minutes which were uh very strong from from Lyon and you know had a lot of people questioning could this work out I think everybody thought how hard can it be to put the ball in an empty net but then uh, <laughs> even if you're Memphis Depay and and you you think you you think well uh, it's not as easy as it as it looks Honestly, uh, then you've got loads of other chances that you could have uh, could have scored. So Toko it can be hit the post, uh, but really Noy only had two routine saves to make, and um, and the other, the other thing I wanted to well actually to to ask everyone uh, was uh, there was uh, before Toko it can be was subbed. He did have a chance and Noy made a made a big save. But he made himself very, very big. I, I'm, I'm not sure if you if you see what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And uh, everybody was saying, "How can you miss that?" I said, "I mean, it's not it's not easy to it's not easy to score because Noy was 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 coming at him, was making uh, himself very big for Tokei Akambi. Of course, Tokei Akambi's shot uh, went straight to Noya. and loads loads of people were, were screaming, "How can you miss that?" I mean, uh, we're never going to be able to beat Bayern with uh, such a such a uh, subpar finisher to to uh, uh, not in those words, you know. And I thought, you know, Neuer, Neuer had um, 
um, it, it was hard to it was hard to score. But other than that, you know, Lyon tried very very hard. They did. Uh, they, I mean, they did. They really. Uh, I didn't expect them to to be to be that uh, to be that good for for ninety minutes. I expect Bayern to just uh, play it uh, casual, which which they did, I think, and uh, to score a couple of more goals. Well, I thought um, Bayern looked a little tired by the end, and, and Lyon as well. Um, do you, yeah. I don't know if that was casual. I th- I, th- I think that um, Bayern have, have sort of paced themselves reasonably well. And I was I was surprised at the start of the match that they looked as nervy as they did. Um, and I just, you know, it, you can't say what would have happened if Lyon had put one of those chances away. But similarly to, to what Philip was just saying about, about that, that save, yes, it was a good save, but the fact is Bayern are a much better team than Lyon. So to have any chance of beating them, they're the kind of chances that you have to put away. Um, Leon had enough of those chances, and um, yeah, but by then I think the match was more or less done. But you never know if they, you pull one back, it's two one. They could get nervy again. But it did feel like Leon needed to to get the first goal, and as soon as um, as soon as Nabry gave them the lead, it wasn't that it was game over. But I thought Bayern were transformed from a kind of nervy team to. The Bayern that you'd expect, they just suddenly looked so confident, spraying the ball around comfortably. Lyon suddenly were, were chasing the game um, when when they had looked the better team for the first 15 minutes. And um, I think it just shows, I think um, we touched on it yesterday as well, that um, you know the top teams or the top sports people, in it, you, can, you can sort of take any sport, it's the ones that react to adversity and, and find a way to win, even when they're not necessarily doing that well. And um, Bayern rode their luck and then, you know, one fantastic run and finish and suddenly it's a completely different game. But energy levels wise, I actually thought both teams were, were OK. I think Bayern were probably just managing themselves at the end. Maybe that's why Boateng went off at half time. I don't know if anything's come out about whether he's carrying any kind of injury. I'm not sure, but... You know, maybe even the fact that Pavar came on could be a, a bonus for them. They've got a, maybe a, a bit of a selection dilemma of the of their own for the final now. So I think they're they're still pretty well placed. And um, you know, considering that they're going to have one less day of rest um, to to also come out with a three nil win and no extra stress of of extra time and penalties or anything like that. I think mm. they've got to be quite happy. Like you say, uh, it's clear that Bayern are the better team, and we see that say with, you know, with Serge Gnabry's first goal, which is just an incredible individual move, and it shows the quality of players that they they have. Um, but if you play that game ten times, Bayern don't win it ten times. I don't think. Probably not. I think that's well said. Yeah, I, I think that. Um... This is a new situation, I think, for Leon too in this Champions League, mm-hmm. or at least in this in this second restarted phase of it, is that they did have to uh, come from a goal down and, um, and then two goals down. Uh, and I think that you know, for all the resilience and organization and, and you know resolve that they've shown, that's a new situation for a team that again is very callow. I, I think that uh, we talked uh, the the one of the commentators. Uh, I guess it was Peter Drury uh, was talking today on, on television here in the States. 
saying, you know, Byron had something like 160 something goals scored among the players that are on the pitch. Leon had 150 caps hmm. uh, in, in the Champions League. Um, and so I, I think that really tells the story because I think most of those are Anthony Lopez. You know, there's not really a lot of experience uh, at, at the very at the very top level uh, in this side. Uh, you know, and again, you know, they've shown to this point in time that it's not necessarily a detriment to their ambitions. But I think mm-hmm. that having to approach the match from a markedly different position, that getting um, the penalty against Juve early on, um, scoring relatively early on, a Cornelius goal was 25-ish minutes, I believe, against City. Um, I think that that creates a different a different um, mental state in the opponent. I think that it it forces them to try and push things a little bit more. And Leon, without that advantage tonight, I think that that's really in the telling. It's not anything that they did wrong, um, but it's not a situation, um, even if you can practice for it, um, I think mentally it's not something that they can um, expect to cope with um, without having the experience of, of having been there. And that's, you know, like we've been seeing with PSG this season. I think that, it, it takes a while. It takes a modicum of experience to really have success in this tournament. That's why rank outsiders, uh, you know, almost always fall at some point because experience tells. I mean, money and talent tell as well. But, um, you know, I think in a match like this, which Pierre Paul, as you rightly say, could have gone either way. Um, I think that knowing how to cope with the situation um, in terms of who was ahead really was something that Leon just simply weren't prepared to do, not through any fault of Garcia or the players themselves. They just hadn't been there. Yeah, I think you, I think the point you make there is, is really important um, because I, I think we see precisely that after the first goal, that that Leon are not really prepared to handle that situation of, of being behind. Well, they just, not that they're not prepared to handle it, but like you say, they don't have the experience of that moment. And, and we see, we saw in those next... Uh, you know, 20 minutes, well, until halftime, really, that they were just failing to string together passes. And, and it was all it was all Bayern and, and the kind of uh, the first 15 minutes, which were really strong. Uh, you could see they, they didn't have the same confidence possibly in the in the following bit of the first half. And, and yeah, we're just kind of scared on the ball. Um, Phil, there was a stat posted by GFN saying, after Gnabry's goal and until halftime, Byron eight, uh, Byron had eight shots, Lyon none. I'm always a little bit cynical about those stats. I mean, I think that that it illustrated a point, which was that Bayern were, were well on top for the rest of the half. <laughs> but um, half of the I, half of those shots, I think, were relatively speculative. Um, there were a couple of close calls, but. Um, don't think sort of Lopez was was kind of massively overworked, but mm. yeah, I think just everything. Well, I think said, it's the zero that's that's interesting, you know. Possibly, but I mean, it was it was actually zero before that as well. Um, to, and you know, but, Depay hits the side netting. Tokayo Kambi hits the post. They're both they both go down as zero as well, and they're they're arguably better chances than you know speculative shots on target that that maybe are sort of blocked on the way to towards the goal or, or Lopez saves comfortably. Um, mm. But it does illustrate the point that, that yeah, but Bayern are set up to to take a lead and to to play well in the lead. Lyon, as we've seen in the last couple of matches, are very much set up to to defend for the most part. And if, if they get a goal, 
um, do all they can to 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 sort of protect that lead. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, the, the thing about sort of losing, not losing that match ten times out of ten. I mean, in a way, I'd say Lyon would have lost that match certainly nine times out of ten. And actually, the way <laughs> that the first half went um, was that one out of ten chance, and and they didn't take it. And um, I don't, you know, I'm not saying there's any kind of shame in that. There's obviously a lot of regret and frustration. Um, I'd argue actually one of the frustrations is that I think Depay clearly is isn't 100% fit, and I'd have preferred him to be maybe coming off the bench as an impact player in these three matches. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's he's had to start all three um, possibly says something about. Um, not the strength in depth, but certainly the fact that I don't think they've got an obvious player um, sort of in a, that plays in a similar, similar style to him that could have been starting those matches. Maybe Toko Kambi and Dembele together wouldn't wouldn't really have, have um, fitted the formation. But I think it's it's a pity that Depay, who obviously is one of Lyon's match winners and certainly is one of the more experienced players on the European scene, didn't look even close to his best. I actually forgot about the injury uh, which he got end of 2019, beginning of 2020, something yeah. like that. I'd completely forgotten about that. And it's a commentator on the uh, uh, during the game that uh, reminded me and I said, yeah, actually, yeah, he had a lengthy layoff, had a very, very important injury uh, which needed um, surgery. And uh, yeah, that's probably why he wasn't. Uh, he he hasn't been as, as sharp as before the injury. What was uh, I thought quite uh, more more um, surprising about that uh, famous statistic, uh, not that Lyon had uh, no chances because the uh, the Gnabry goal and what a great goal it was came as a, a real blow because they had the chance to uh, to open the scoreline. They didn't. They didn't take it. Uh, it was more. I didn't feel like Bayern had eight shots. It didn't feel. Didn't feel like uh, as um, as many. But you're not having having zero shots after after the opening goal. It is not entirely surprising. I think a lot of sides would have would have um, suffered that blow the same the same way you did. So so let's touch on. Let's go to something you touched on, Jeremy. There about uh, Dembele. I mean, there was you know it was kind of one of the big debates going into the game. Um, should he start or not? And now with the hindsight, I think we would probably say, yes, he should have started. Um, but but what do you guys think generally of the way uh, Tokoy Gambi and, and Depay played and, and the impact that Dembele brought in the second half? For me, I, I, I think Tokoy Gambi's done pretty well in these three matches. Um, and I think probably um, he he's done a better job than Dembele would have done at sort of running the lines and, and stretching the the opposing defence, whereas I think Dembele is, is more comfortable remaining down the middle. But I think Dembele would have put away at least one of those chances that, that fell to Docker and Canvi today. So it sort of swings and roundabouts. Um, I, I To be honest, I'm a little bit worried more for next season. If Dembele goes, I'm, I'm not sure Docker and Canvi is... Um, I'm still not convinced that he's the, <laughs> good enough to to be sort of propelling Lyon back into the Champions League positions. But um, he, to be fair to him, I think he did a lot better in these three matches than I expected, um, despite despite those misses today. 
I'm quite. Um, I thought Garcia managed the game quite uh, quite well because uh, this this five three two or three five two. Uh, has worked very very well um, against um, good good sides who were who were tight well like Juventus and uh, Manchester City, uh, but they never went behind, did they? And uh, this was the first time they went behind, and uh, they had to uh, react of some sort, they had to have some kind of reaction, which uh, you know they did. But uh, Garcia uh, left the uh, the five uh, five at the three at the back defense uh not not at half time but a little little time after that and uh i thought i thought it was um it was an, a a good way to uh well yes they lost but you know they didn't get uh, they, they didn't get humiliated like barcelona which could have which i'm not saying it would have happened if Garcia would have made the the tactical switch at half time but i think it, it it would have been more probable and i thought the the, the management um of uh, tactical manager of Garcia uh, this evening was uh, was was okay it was uh, it was it was i thought it was good I wonder how much that 8-2 result kind of uh, subconsciously plays into our analysis here, thinking, you know, they lost 3-0, but it was a good game. Um, but we're kind of, I guess we were scared that it could be a terrible game because of how badly Bayern uh, beat, beat Barcelona. Um, yes, because without the 8-2, without the it's a terrible result. But with, with the 8-2 in mind, it's not that bad. I don't know if it's a terrible result, even without the A2, but it it might change our, our, our reading of it, yeah. Well, I, what I would say, too, there is I think that the way that Bayern approached this game is, um, you know, they set out to, again, to to try and attack that 3-5-2, knowing that that's what Garcia was going to set out. I think mm. that shows, you know, a, a real modicum of respect for what Garcia's achieved with this team tactically. And the fact that, um, that Flick, you know, who, again doesn't have the longest record as head coach, but I think has done a lot of, obviously, great work behind the scenes but uh, with the German national team. Um, and I think that seeing that be demonstrated in, in such a clear way uh, really is testament to, um, you know, what Garcia has achieved um, in this specific sphere. I, I still have, again, as a Leon fan, definitely questions about uh, his ability to make this team play more fluid front foot football going forward, especially domestically. But... Um, he's shown time and again when the chips are down, he's uh, not afraid to, you know, create tactics. That, and then, and that was, you know, uh, Flick was more successful at that than than was Pep Guardiola, uh, because Guardiola had done a similar thing in terms of trying to set the team out in a particular way. Uh, and so we're we're seeing that um, that execution um, be done on a really high level. I mean, um, you know, we make the joke about you know German efficiency, right? So I hmm. I think that's a uh, that's what we're seeing here. And um, I think, yeah, I think that's really, really what it boils down to is that um, there was a much clearer plan um, tactically from the opposition. And I think that's something that, you know, again, Leon don't have that much control over. Um, but I think that we need to look at what Sari and Guardiola did with some serious question marks. Um, we just saw a better organized opponent tonight. We, Leon saw a better organized opponent tonight um, with a clearer plan, and that I think that's what they're undoing is so again, three. I don't think three nil is a, is a bad result given the amount of talent and experience that are on the pitch, especially when combined um, with that level of organization uh, on the part of the of, of Bayern's management. Do you actually yeah. like him? Do you do you, do you rate Garcia as a, because a lot of New York fans hate him 
do you, do you actually what is your personal opinion about him? Uh, do, you, do you actually like him or and do do you think yeah do, do you think uh, he can he can stay for more than two seasons? Well, you know, I, I think what we have to look at in, within this season is how he can get this team to create uh, a coherent attacking plan. And I have, I mean, frankly, he doesn't know who's going to line up for him next season. I think that's something that we, we can't un- underlook. Um, you know, is Dembele going to leave? Is is Depay going to leave? Is Auer going to leave? Um, so without knowing that, I think it's, it's really hard to measure um, to what level he's able to take this team. You know, he did show some good attacking moments with his, with that Lille team. Um, going back a decade now, um, I just really have questions. Um, this team has had a striker uh, as its focal point. Even You can even say that Mariano fulfilled that role going back a few years now. Um, and before that, it was Lacazette. Now it's been Dembele for the past few seasons. So if he goes to have... I mean, I know Depay can score goals, but not to have a recognized physical center forward, I think is really going to be the issue, because I don't think Toko Akambi, for all of his gifts and um, intelligence, can fulfill that role um, at the level that Leon, uh, given a club of their ambitions, requires. Well, let's talk about some of the young players who are, who are coming up for Lyon, who can maybe make a difference in, in future campaigns. First of all, Maxence Cacré, who, uh, you know, had not played a single Champions League match before August of this year. And has now played three and has uh, been uh, quite a revelation at only 20. You know, Leon fans have been pushing for a while now for, for him to, to come into the team. And I think it's um, one of the criticisms, one of the many sticks that were used to beat Garcia was that he wasn't giving some of these young talents enough chances. Um, and, you know, certainly in, in the case of Turkey, it looked like for a while that there was a chance he might leave. And, and obviously, Guiri unfortunately has left. Um, whether it's more just an element of not luck, but you know, the fact that Mendez was completely off form, um, for, forced his hand, whatever it is, he's he's been superb and, and he's really taken his chance. And I think, even if, um, as, as Eric said, I'm, I'm I, part of me is sort of relatively optimistic for Leon for next season based on the, the feel-good factor of what's just happened. And part of me is pessimistic um, when when you consider who could leave. But I think even if Aouar does go, if you've got Kakare continuing his sort of upward curve, you've got Guimaraes, who, for me, disappointed a tiny bit during this mini-tournament, but was was fantastic from, from the time he, he joined the club in January. And Mendes, to me, looks like he's coming back into a bit of form. I still think there's a very good midfield there. Um, like I said earlier, my concern is a little bit where the goals are coming from. But um, mm. in, in Kakare, I mean, he definitely sort of follows in the line of, um, well, I'll take your pick, but, you know, Lacazette, Tolisso, Fekir, Awa, the, the sort of homegrown talents. And I think he's he's certain to be the, the next um, darling of the, almost said Gerland of the Parc whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and you feel similar about Ryan Cherki, who came on today and became uh, the youngest ever player in a Champions League semi-final. I mean, I feel like we haven't seen as much from him, but obviously he's only just turned 17 two days ago. So, you know, I'm not going to make a judgment on his career yet. He he, For me, he kind of reminds me a little bit of going back a few years, but 
when when Joe Cole sort of sprung onto the scene in England, and for years everyone had been talking about this ridiculously skillful, brilliant young player. I think he's a very different type of player to Kakare, and um, as much as in the position that he plays in, Kakare can can immediately make an impact just through his his sort of physical attribute or his engine and and. Um, you know, simple passes, whereas with Cherky, we're expecting him to do something magical every time he gets the ball. But at the same time, he also has to learn the the discipline of, of top-class football and, um, you know, when to, to beat a man or seven times or beat seven men once and when to, to hold back, when to, to give the ball to someone else, when to, mm-hmm. to come back and help your defence. And so I think the kind of player and position that he's in, I think, is a steeper learning curve. Um, and I still think it could go either way. And I haven't seen enough of him to say whether I'm confident that he's going to be able to do that. But certainly all the all the sounds coming out of Lyon clearly show that he's a, a very, very special player. So, you know, I really hope he, he does come close to fulfilling his potential. Yeah. Um, Eric, so obviously this was a very memorable European campaign for Lyon. Uh, however, next season uh, there will be no such campaign because they are not qualified for the first time in in over 20 years. Um, what are the consequences for for a club like Lyon of, of that failure to qualify? And and you know, yeah, I mean, like like any French club, there's the financial side of things. Um, Lyon spent very very heavily this summer. I and I think that. Um, with i think that along with that comes a uh a lot of question marks because i think that that spending was done with continued participation in europe um leon having a club owned stadium uh you know even even the europa league is still a significant source of income in terms of match day income i uh, to say nothing of the the champions league income and i think that it's going to require a restructuring in terms of the way the club think, because, you know, it's not going to be, I don't think as bad as it was a decade ago when you had the likes of Gorkouf and Ali Sissoko, Ederson not coming off. Um, but I think they are going to be handicapped um, by, by this, uh, both financially and in their ability to recruit players, say domestically. I mean, they've been linked with a player like Willan Cyprian as a replacement for our, I have a lot of time for Willan Cyprian. I think that, you know, were, were he not to have suffered that injury, uh, he did, you know, he could have been an outside shot for um, for the for uh, uh, the World Cup or the Euros for France. And he's, you know, struggled to come back from it, I think. But, like, that's the quality of player domestically, I think, Leon should be looking at. But Nice are in Europe. They're an up-and-coming team with Patrick Vieira being touted as one, one of the most impressive managers uh, in the game. And in France. Uh, and... Is that a player who's going to, at this point in time, think that Leon are a step up if they think that Garcia can't play attractive, fun to play football, if they see other stars leaving, um, if they see Leon's recruitment being unambitious, if they see a club that's being forced to pay over the odds, if they do get some a player, like, no, Cyprian's just an example, but there's there's plenty of you know other play, other domestic players that I think you know could do a job for Leon. But it's 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 a real question that has to be asked, and I it it worries me. It doesn't worry worry me as much as things got. I don't think it'll get as bad as a dec as it will a decade ago. But the real question here is, whereas a decade ago, you know, Leon could call on club these younger domestic, uh, sorry, homegrown players that were coming through, Fekir, Tolisso, uh, Lacazette, um, Mtiti before he left. 
Um, Leon, I, I, the worry here is that the fact that these other, these more expensive players, like a Tiago Mendes or um, Yusuf Kone or Joachim Anderson, have been brought in, that there there won't be as many opportunities for the next. I don't know. Melvin Bard, I think, is a great example. Maxwell Corne, yeah, I mean, he's done great as a wing back, but it's not as it's not his best position. He can do a job because of his pace. Um, mm-hmm. I think that what Melvin Bard, for example, has shown in preseason is really impressive. I mean, as you know, as as much as we like to talk about Sharkey and Kakaray, deservedly so, especially in the case of the latter, um, there is more to come. There's the there's the young central defender Diamande as well. Um, and I think that Leon are, are, as Jeremy alluded to, really in danger of losing the likes of a, of a, you know, the next Guiri or, 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 well, maybe not. But do we, do we think that they can bounce back? And, and I mean, we'll have more Liga preview in the next few days for you guys. But, but let's just ask this: Do we think they can qualify for Europe once again next season? I have them uh, fifth in in the GFFN preview guide. So yes, but I don't. I don't think they've got. They're not on the level of a, a Lille or a Rennes or a Marseille right now. All right, Phil and Jez, are you guys in agreement with that? Quite pessimistic, I reckon. <laughs> and again, I think I think uh, not playing Europe is a huge advantage. Um, and again, when when is the transfer window shutting? October fifteenth, I think. Oh, so this that's in quite a while then. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean there has been uh, some move for for from from Lille, but uh, not having not having any Europe for Lyon is a, is a first, and uh, this may uh, annoy uh, Monsieur Ulas, but uh, I think it's I think it's an advantage, and uh, I honestly think that Marseille will uh, have a lot of uh, a lot to do, uh, a lot on their plates. First game of the season is at the Parc des Princes, for one thing, and um, and. Um, that uh, they'll have to uh, get back to in in the uh, you know in the uh, in the in the psyche of uh, of playing uh, six Champions League games, and again this season is going to be like uh, no no other. It's it's starting much later than, than usual. It's starting in forty eight hours. There's going to be postponed games. It's going to uh, it's get, most most of the games will won't be played will be played in front of five thousand people maximum. It's it's really not going to be like any other season, and I think uh, the uh, the little chance any side has of um, of uh, being in form in in a, in a way that uh, so in something like six day, six six games without uh, without losing or four wins in a row, they really have to hang on to it because any game could get postponed because of because of the pandemic. So I mean, they you don't have a, a very very decent squad. Uh, just like Lille, Rennes, Marseille, but I think uh, the the uh, the fact that they won't have any Europe to worry about in January, February, March, uh, they'll be well. Of course, they had to work very, very hard to to get to that semi final. Have to beat Juventus, have to beat City, have to had to play a, a big game this this evening. I think they'll be uh, they'll be quite comfortable. Uh, I honestly see them uh, with the organisation they have uh, a season finishing runners up. Yeah, interesting. Um, even though you say that Monsieur Olas might be a little bit annoyed, uh, I think he will be very quick to remind us all that uh, the Lyon women's team will be playing in the Champions League this Saturday against against Bayern Munich, of all people, again, um, um, in in the round of 16, I believe. And, uh, you know, they're 
obviously favorites for winning that Champions League for the seventh time. And if that happens yeah, again... But Bayern don't have a great women's team. I mean, they're, they're not the, they're, they're the biggest uh, the biggest club in, in women's football, are they? I think Wolfsburg no. are. This is in them. Yeah, I think so too. But I think they've right. improved. But I mean, Lyon are obviously favourites on, on this one for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the other interesting match for anyone interested is, is a PSG Arsenal, uh, which is, is my pick for the weekend. Um, obviously, they were both, they'll both be at the same time, though, which is a bit of a shame. I just um, just sort of following up from from what the two other guys said. I think obviously mm-hmm. a lot depends on on what happens in the transfer window, but and also how Lyon adjust to the sort of um, knock to their ego of not being in Europe. You don't want to sort of want them on a kind of slippery slope in the way that, that Arsenal have kind of been going down for for the last few years. But I I think it really is an opportunity for them playing playing once a week. Um, bedding in players like Kakare and and um, Jackie and maybe Bard if he stays as well and and sort of away from the the extra spotlight of Europe and I think for some of the teams in Europe it, it's going to be a difficult adjustment. Um, Ren haven't yet strengthened particularly I don't think Marseille um, really haven't strengthened and. and um, are going to have some tough extra matches this year, plus a little bit more expectation from last year, plus knowing that Villas-Boas is almost certainly going to be leaving in the summer with all the usual sort of political tensions in the background, plus not having the big crowd behind them in the velodrome. So I do think there's a few things that are falling in Lyon's favour. And as long as they have a decent transfer window, um, I also also think that they, they could finish as high as second. And... I still think that, despite everything, any time that Lyon don't finish in the top two is a disappointing season for them. <laughs> yeah, I, I respectfully disagree with whether Ren have had a good window. Um, I really like the signing of Aguerd, and I really I love the signing of Terrier. Um, I, I think those are both you know really important pieces for them going forward, especially as they're going to have more more matches to to balance. Um, I think that the relationship we saw with Kimavinga and Zanzi showed a lot of promise in the limited exposure we did see to it. And I think that that can make, give Kamavinga a bit more freedom to even be a more incredible player. Um, and I don't see Marseille really slipping a ring. I know squad depth is an issue for them. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just don't see it. I, frankly, I don't trust Juninho to spend money at this point in time. Um, you know, I think Imaresh, like, like we've talked about, looked sharp. When he first arrived uh, in that small sample size, that that half dozen matches that he featured in before before the season was interrupted or ended domestically, um, but I think that I, I, I'm not sure I know we know what his role is. I mean, I don't see him. I, I, he does not have my confidence as being a defensive midfielder. Uh, I think that he's looked okay in this three five two because Alwar and Kakare have been so spectacular, he's not been called into action quite as much because they've been able to retain the ball a bit more midfield. But I think that those his his higher-level performances prior to the season being interrupted were because he was next to Luka Tussar. Now, if we think Thiago Mendes can be that player, then maybe there's some more positivity around him. But I, I'm still, I still feel like the jury is out to some extent on Guimaraes. I know he plays with a lot of emotion passion and gets and snaps into tackles and that excites the fans and there's something to be said for that for a player evincing that much desire but i don't think that we can say that any of 
the players who've been signed by um, Juninho are a success. This team has succeeded despite his buys, not because of them. I, I agree with that. And when, when you actually, when you said, I'm still not sure what his role is, I thought you were talking about Juninho at first. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've been re- I know, again, I know, I know sort of in the <laughs> background, there's, there's debates about who's actually making all the decisions, but I've been really unimpressed with him. And I've seen a lot in the last two or three weeks about how well run a club Lyon are, and they certainly have been for most of the last quarter century. But I do think there's there's quite a few signs in the last year or two that that they are slipping and i do think they need to be careful and and you know um you you mentioned ren i think um you know maurice going to to ren arguably that's what that's one of leon's biggest losses and and one one of ren's um bigger gains um and and i worry about the fact that they are sort of losing a little bit of their soul again also in terms of the, a fewer number of the younger players coming through and a couple of them sort of giving up, waiting for the chance and, and moving elsewhere. Um, so <laughs> I kind of contradicted a little bit what I said before. But that's why I said I think they need to be careful over the transfer window. But I still think potentially they should be, with all respect to, to Marseille, based on recent years, Lyon should be comfortably the second club in France at the moment. And... And I worry that they're they're shooting themselves in the foot a little bit. I would, I think, take issue to some extent with the importance that we give to transfer windows. Um, I I don't think that having a good or bad transfer window is necessarily an indicator of of how well they're going to perform. And and but to be more specific, I think it's more important to uh, not recruit badly. Um, which is something that we've kind you guys have kind of touched on like you know it's important not to spend too much money on questionable transfers which Leon may have done like you said um that is more important than it is to recruit well especially given the fact that they already have a you know a fairly good squad which could do with some improvements but i think we tend to overemphasize the need for you know new recruits and good recruits over the fact that you can actually change what you do with a certain player. And, and you know, manager can bring out something good in, in players that you haven't seen from those players necessarily at that club. And I think Rudy Garcia has done that with, with some players in Lyon. I mean, you know, who would have thought six months ago or a year ago or whatever, would any Lyon fans have thought that, you know, a defense with Marcelo and Marsal and, and, and Coronet would be, you know, standing straight against... European giants, uh, it, it just goes to show, I think, that, that you know, it's not necessarily the recruitment that's uh, the key factor. Um, but I also yeah. forgot uh, about Bruno Chiro taking, uh, stepping in for Florian Maurice, and uh, it'll be very interesting to see how, what, uh, what, he brings to, uh, what he brings to the club. Uh, let's not, uh, you know, let's not... Uh, uh, say that he'll be a, he'll be a failure straight away. It, it, he's got it's got. I mean, it's a big it's a big role for him. He he. I think it's his first role in uh, professional football because he went straight into being sport mm-hmm. after um, after after retiring. And uh, the very I mean very likable character. But I, I like him a lot. He's a he's, he's a good consultant. Uh, but uh, yeah, he needs to deliver on uh, on how he uh, how he gets uh, gets the right players. Um, 
I was going to talk about money, but I think I think Lyon is still a great pull for any uh, young uh, mm. up-and-coming uh, footballer. So it will be, yeah, it's a, it's a chance for him. And I think he's probably under more pressure than Garcia next season because he has to step in in, in uh, Florent Maurice's shoes. And that's really not easy. Whereas, you know, Garcia had to step in Silvino's shoes, which was not difficult. But I always think, uh, this is not a Lyon-specific point, by the way, and I, you know, I'm not commenting on Bruno Chirou at all. I always think that it's just hard to truly evaluate the the level of a contribution from a sporting director or from a, a head of recruitment or, or those kinds of jobs where we don't really have any information of what's happening on the inside. All that we get to judge is the transfers that are made and whether those work out or not. But I get the impression that in a lot of clubs, um, well, a, a lot of people in those kind of positions who we kind of say, oh, you know, these are, they do really impressive transfer business or whatever. Um, I get the feeling that some of them, there's, there's sometimes, I don't know how to say this, but uh, it's not exactly, what you see is not exactly the best description of what's happening behind the scenes. And... And there can be some questionable motivations or or kind of fishy explanations sometimes even for why certain transfers happen and why others don't. And I think even in Ligue 1, some fairly big names in terms of those sporting directors or, or recruiters, uh, I, I, sometimes you hear stories about them and that make you question, you know, whether the whether the goal is is football and improving the team or something else because of because of how much money is involved in these transfers partially um but yeah that that's just me you know getting a little bit disillusioned with some of the stuff that happens in football today that would be a whole very long other podcast <laughs> yeah i think it would be <laughs> um <laughs> Right. Um, well, anyways, uh, that's it for Lyon in Europe for uh, 2020, uh, not just for this season, but for the whole year, I guess. Um, I'm sure we'll be excited to see what happens next season, though, with with Marseille returning to the to the Champions League. But, uh, you know, Lyon fans won't want to hear about that necessarily. <laughs> Neither will PSG. And obviously, we have a big final on Sunday. We will have a preview show on that. Uh, in the next couple of days for you guys. There's also, and this is hard to believe, but Ligue 1 is back this weekend. Uh, well, unless it all gets postponed, uh, which is, some of it already has been uh, for uh, COVID-related reasons. But um, we'll have uh, more on that probably next week, just because we're so busy with the Champions League right now. Uh, so look to next week for... for uh, preview for the Ligue 1 season on the podcast. Obviously, as you mentioned, Eric, the GFFN uh, yearly Ligue 1 preview, uh, written preview is coming out, a 60-page document free for all of you. So uh, make sure you go have a look at that. Um, yes, that should be online tomorrow after a long, long, long few weeks of writing. <laughs> there you go. Always a quality document. So I would recommend that. Um, please do have a look at it. Thank you, Eric. Cheers. Thanks for your part. For the show and for the preview. And uh, thanks, Phil. And thanks, Jez. No problem. Thank you. And uh, yeah, we'll be back very soon, as, as I just explained. In the meantime, you can, all, you can, of course, 
Have a look at GFN on Twitter, at GFFN, and our website, getfootballnewsfrance.com. In the meantime, thank you for listening.